Paul Verhoeven is, look, I would love if he could make a movie about a woman that didn't seem to center on some kind of sexual violence. I would love that. But I don't think he's interested in that. Hmm. I'm just, it's conflicting because sometimes his movies can be very fun. You're like, yeah. ooh, this is wild. And then there's just some kind of like horrifying sexual violence in it where you're like, yeah, we were having fun. Yeah. We were having a good time yeah. until this happened. Like, Paul, is there a statement that you'd like to make to the class? I think he's trying to say, because the statement does seem to be, this is a bad thing that's happening. But it's also like, you know, we didn't have to. Yeah. Do we have to see this in every single thing that you do? No. Just like, do we need to see feet in every single Quentin Tarantino movie? The the answer is no, we don't. Mm -hmm. He cannot be defeated. You had me at Hell no Welcome to You Had Me at Hell No. I'm Allie. And I'm Mel. And this is our podcast where we watch romance movies and try to figure out why we love a genre that hates us so much. Oh, baby. We talk about rom-coms, erotic thrillers, dramas, sex comedies, anything where romance is the central plot, we are going to talk about it. Correct. Uh, Those are not our typical go-to genres to unwind. Uh, Melanie, what do you like to watch? I love horror. Mm-hmm. anything spooky really um mm-hmm. but i haven't been watching a lot lately because i'm in finals so i just yeah. don't have the time yeah. um but what about you what do you like to watch Allie? uh i like watching like a fun uh actiony thing although i also haven't been watching anything not because of finals just because i've been tired and um because you're a grown this. adult woman and you're not in school <laughs> uh, yeah but also no but also because i'm taking care of babies so oh that's right that's right uh but sometimes I get home and I'm like, I just want to lie down, which is How so is- dumb because all I could think is like, I'm going home to not a baby. The people I leave are staying with the baby, so they're tired all the time, so I feel rude. But they're also so lovely to me. So oh, Yeah, also there. like, mm-hmm. it's their baby, so they, of course they're going to be tired, but you know. It is what it is, and they love that baby. So I love that baby. Um, shout anyway, out to baby Marg. We're still doing holiday stuff. It's December, and our movie this week is Last Christmas. Now, before we get into it, let's hear from Tiffer Hill, uh, our sound engineer, and what he thinks, uh, what his guess is about this movie today. Yeah, take it away, Tiff. It's time for the first pop culture osmosis. Grab onto your asses. Hey, Ali. Hey, Mel. It's Tiffer. I'm reporting remotely from the Scoundrel and Scamp Theater where we are deep in tech week. Um, but anyway, my guess for last Christmas. So the the backstory is I had to ask Ali like literally four or five times what the name of this movie was because I kept forgetting it. So my impression is that it's just very generic, very uh, heartwarming, though. I I did Google it. I saw that it was directed by Paul Feig, which as an Office fan, you know, 
I am obligated to love whatever he does. So I, I think it's probably very competently directed. It's probably fine. If I had any guesses as to what the plot would be about, uh, based on the title Last Christmas, I think it would be that at some point, the two uh, lovers at the center of the plot at some point missed uh, connections or something. And, you know, they reconnected later on and were like, remember last Christmas when we were in love? Wasn't that great? Let's do it again. And they did. And then it worked out forever. Anyway, that's my guess. Thanks, Tiff. Um, Thank actually- you. This has been Tiffers Pop Culture Osmosis. Um, he kind of nails it. Well, he's pretty close um, with the whole like uh, competent, um, heartwarming movie. Okay, Mel, I, I'm going to admit something. This is my third time watching this movie. I saw it in theaters when it came out. I, I watched it again last, uh, last Christmas. Uh-huh. And then we watched it this time. I what do you recognize, think? I think this is like one of my favorite Christmas movies. I recognize the faults. I, I recognize I recognize problems it has. It makes me cry. I love the message. And I love oh. the music. So Okay, well obviously you love the music. The whole soundtrack is just Wham and George Michael. It's just George which, Michael. The movie I, I, I absolutely slaps. Oh, I thought they had some Wham in there. But anyway, Oh, they it, do. Last Christmas is Wham, but it's all George Michael. Yeah. Yeah, honestly like George Michael slaps my ass musically. Truly. Same. Incredible. Um, um but yeah, this is a I thought this I see the value of the movie. I think that the message was very sweet. Mm-hmm. And like overall, I think it was a well-made movie. Didn't realize I didn't realize it was Paul Feig until yeah. um, the credits were rolling. Yeah, Paul so Feig. that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved Michelle Yeoh in it. She's so good. Every I loved her. Christmas movie should have Michelle Yeoh. She's, she's just like the pinnacle of professionalism. I mean, like, everything she does, she does such a good job. She is kind. She is um, articulate, outspoken, it. polite, honest. But also, like, like, can be vicious. And, like, you want to talk about someone with presence on camera? Yeah. Michelle well, Yeoh. Sh- she's the reason that I love Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon so much. It's because of her. She's incredible. I haven't watched that. We should watch that for this podcast. We're going to, and I will cry because that movie is one of the few that actually well, makes me cry. Well, I cried watching this movie. This movie makes me cry very hard. Anyway... Should we get into what this movie is actually about? Yes, absolutely, I, we should. I will say this. I, so here's something I think. Without these two leads, I don't think this movie would be as successful as it is. Because I think if, like, Amelia Clark is so charming in this movie that she manages to make you kind of empathize with her character and care about her character and feel for her character, where another... I think maybe another actress or another movie, it would not be handled as well. Well, and you would just be like, I hate this woman. Um, but not yeah. this movie. Um, yeah, I, I I think I would agree. I think Amelia Clark and Henry Golding have great chemistry. Mm-hmm. I think Henry Golding also brings a lightness to his role. Very much. And mm-hmm. like, it's just, I think, part of his overall demeanor and how he carries mm-hmm. himself as this character, as Tom. It's just mm-hmm. very, 
light is the only word I can think of. Like yeah, very airy, he's very dashing. He's dashing. He is quite possibly one of the most handsome men that has ever lived. So, I like. Like, he's dreamy. I first, I first he's saw him in, dreamy. Yeah, I first saw him in Crazy Rich Asians, which is probably another one we should do on the pod, which I thought was a good movie. And yeah. I saw him and I was like, oh, like, yeah, what am I? Excuse yeah. me? Yeah, my. How uh, dare you? I watched that with my aunt and she was like, I, you should date a guy like that. And I'm like, I love that you think that I could pull Henry Golding. I you could. Love that I, that's very sweet. He is deaf married with a baby. I'm almost certain. Um, yeah, no, I follow him on Instagram. He's definitely wifed up. But like you could which pull. I love, which makes me respect him more. Because like, yeah. if it's a, if sometimes when handsome men are just like, I'm living single. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. If Oscar Isaac didn't have a wife, he would be a menace. Truly. Society. Would we trust him? No. No, no we wouldn't. Anyway, um, this movie, look, this movie kind of tries to do a lot of different things. It's a mm-hmm. Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of tribute to George Michael. It's at one point kind of about Brexit. Um, yeah, but a lot's going on. A lot's going on in this movie. But uh, it's about Kate, uh, Catalina, but she was by Kate, played by uh, Amelia Clark, who's kind of like, she's a singer, but she works in this christmas shop where it's one of the it's one of those like christmas all year round shops Mm -hmm. and it's owned by michelle yo and basically Mm -hmm. it's just michelle and amelia working at this shop yes um and michelle yo goes by santa um which is kind of funny it's kind of funny but at one point she um michelle yo starts dating this like danish guy um like hot german dude yeah. Obsessed with her, which I honestly loved that. And I thought that they knew each other from before. I thought yeah. that he was like her long lost love or something. Uh, me too, but, but no, they just no. are drawn to each other. They just have a real chemistry. Yeah. And he's like, she's like, oh, at one point, Amelia Clark's like, what's his name? And she's like, I don't know. And Michelle goes like, I don't know. It's something with a lot of glottal stops. I can't say it. I just call him boy. And <laughs> which um, I thought was great. I lo- Oh, bitch. I lived. Um, Anyway, Amelia Clark finds out that her name is not really Santa, which I was like, girl. What? Yeah, I was like, grow up. You really think this woman's name is Santa? That's not a Chinese name. No. Yeah. And Michelle Yeoh's like, no, I changed my name for the store. Like, wherever I work, I change my name and then I get more tips and more money and people like it. Um, she's just a very shrewd businesswoman and I loved it. Anyway, yeah, Amelia same. Clark works at this um, Christmas shop, but she also kind of as a singer but she's a mess the whole thing is she's kind of a mess she walks around with her like suitcase she's always crashing at friends homes and she's she's incredibly clumsy and also incredibly self-centered yes and um she's just kind of a mess and her mom is always calling her and she's not picking up and her mom's like you have a doctor's appointment so we don't really know what exactly something happened to her clearly but she like doesn't know like we see her sister who's she's also kind of estranged from and her sister it's the classic thing of like when mom calls you and you don't pick up then she calls me and i have to deal with it so yeah call mom Um, which i think is a fair thing as an older mm -hmm. sibling a fair thing to say to your younger sibling very fair (coughs) um but But it's uh, just like you can tell that Amelia Clark is like run she's she's trying to avoid dealing with something because she's yes. just 
constantly on the move, mm-hmm. but she's so wrapped up in like whatever image she has of herself mentally or emotionally and so yeah. busy, like clearly having low self-esteem and yeah. not valuing herself that she's mm-hmm. just putting herself in weird bad situation after weird bad situation yeah just like getting drunk and then crashing on a different friend's couch but then messing up there like at one point one of her friends says like she's the most selfish person in the world and something i think is kind of interesting or nice or well done well in this movie is it kind of shows the way that you can be selfish kind of self-centered and still not actually be caring or caring about or paying attention to yourself you're not actually giving yourself any self-care you're not really paying attention to yourself but you're still being kind of selfish i agree Um, i think that that was done mm -hmm. really well and i think that's also an important thing to remember is that someone Mm -hmm. can there's there's i think there's two different kinds of being selfish the first Mm -hmm. kind is the kind that you've described and then the second Mm -hmm. kind is like almost almost a narcissistic selfishness. Yes. Where mm-hmm. like it's all about that person because of how how much they value themselves or however they feel about themselves, but it's more because it's about them and less because they're deflecting something. Correct. Um but she meets Henry Golding, like she keeps running into Henry Golding. His name is Tom and he kind of is just around and mm-hmm. um he has a really positive energy and she's kind of annoyed by it, but she's also uh, and, ultimately sort of charmed by it and yeah and um, he's he's like it's not that there's something not quite right about him it's that he's just so different because he doesn't have a cell phone mm -hmm. he doesn't really give a lot of information about himself he's Mm -hmm. you know constantly popping up out of nowhere but she can never find him he finds her right so it's Um, it's kind of strange and if you do the thing that Allie and i do when we watch movies where we like are constantly trying to like predict what mm -hmm. comes next Like, my prediction was, like, oh, this man, (laughs) this man is either, like, a Christmas angel or he's been dead for 40 years and there's no in between. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of right. You're kind of right. Okay. So, he shows up and through them spending more time together, like, like she's a singer and she has auditions, but, like, like she's going to audition for this thing. She's going to audition for Frozen on Ice, which is like the ice skating, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, but I've never ice skated before. And he sneaks her into an ice skating rink and teaches her how to ice skate. And it's this cute little date. And so then she does a thing. Like, he does little things where be, um, that kind of force her to sort of pay attention to herself or care for herself. Like, to pay attention, but also to pay attention to the world around her. Like, at one point, she's like, I'm effectively homeless again. And he's like, oh, okay, then come with me. And they go to a homeless shelter where he works. And she's like, oh, okay, I'm not actually homeless. And he's like, okay, well, then fucking don't talk like that. He doesn't say don't talk like but he's like. Yeah, he's just, he judges her a little bit. He's like, okay, well, if you're not actually homeless, just go stay with your fucking family. Yeah. And, um, uh. But she does eventually go back to that place to, like, look for him. But while she's there, she, like, helps out a little bit and starts to spend more time there. And um, and she starts becoming friends with uh, this really, like, adorable young man who works there, too. And he yeah. seems very, like, interested in her as well. But but also it's, like, her through her caring for other people, she's spending more time caring for herself. And, like, eventually she kind of starts making amends with all the friends she's had mm-hmm. who she's kind of done wrong. And something I like about this movie, this is one part of the reason, I think this is the reason I like this movie, is it takes the sort of quintessential, selfish, clumsy, um, 
leading lady where it's like, she just can't get anything right. And it's like, okay, but what if she actually had to face consequences? What if she actually had to have tough conversations? What if she actually had to go make amends with people she'd hurt before Mm -hmm. and in a real way? But it was still kind of light. It's still light and funny, but she truly like she does some things that are not great. Like, no, would be well, very difficult we, can, to forget. we can just run through the list. Right. Yeah. The first the first thing that she does mm-hmm. is that she's staying with her like oldest, bestest friend and her mm-hmm. friend's husband and her friend's really, really pregnant. Yeah. And like she just is so careless about how she treats other people's things that she ends up yeah. breaking a bunch of like handmade crafts that the husband has made. So she gets yeah. kicked out. She also sleeps the, with someone in what will be their baby's nursery. Yeah, which is gross and weird. Yeah. Um, um, not cool. Not cool. She kills one of her friends, another person she crashes with. She accidentally kills his fish because she because puts, she her, hair puts her hair dryer on top of the fish tank. Who does that? What? Um, and then another she- thing is that um, when she's working at the Christmas shop, she leaves really Without quickly to go up. audition and she doesn't lock the door and then the, sh- the shop gets vandalized and yeah. then you know she comes in the next day the cops are there they're talking to santa mm-hmm. um and santa basically tells her after the cops left like i literally had to break my own window so it looked like a yeah. break-in so we could recover on insurance mm-hmm. you made me break the law and yeah. i'm so mad at you and if any yeah. like honestly she should have fired her then and she, there. Have, she says i'm gonna give you another chance because i'm a good person um and something interesting also michelle yo is so good in it michelle yo is so good in the entire movie mm-hmm. um but uh there's a scene where she in that scene she's like i took you on full time because you were so good at your job you have a way with customers but lately you don't care about anything and mm-hmm. now you've made me not like you didn't care about my shop and i'm gonna give you another chance but like like she's like she can't even look at her she's like clean up this mess i don't want to look at you um which makes sense because like yeah if you own a small business and something like that happens and your only employee Mm -hmm. being careless is the reason that's a big deal Oh yeah, I did love the two because it's two female police officers, and oh, oh also yeah. the whole thing is in London. It's British. Um, oh, it's British. And my one of them says to the other, "You make have a merry Christmas sound menacing," and she's like, that "No, was I very don't." Funny. And yeah. then she goes, "Have a merry Christmas, yeah." And like, I'm gonna record you, and you're gonna find out you sound like Jason Statham. Well, that's good because I love Jason Statham, and I was like, "That's this is for me." This movie was made. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the bickering lady cops. (laughs) Yes. Um, but yeah, she keeps. Oh, what? So I was gonna say, just like another not cool thing that Kate does is that she outs her sister in front of her family, which is not cool. That's like unforgivable, frankly. But like, um. Because yeah. oh, so yeah. to ex- we'll explain the basically. Kate and her family are refugees. They came to they went to they left former Yugoslavia in I think like end of the nineties into to the UK. Uh, yeah, her dad was a lawyer, but like couldn't afford to like retake classes or whatever. So now he's a cab driver. Yeah, her mom and- is played by Emma Thompson. Now Emma Thompson also co-wrote this movie. Honestly, Emma Thompson was great in this. Emma Thompson is so phenomenal in this. Emma Thompson makes me laugh so hard. There's a bit, because there's a bit where um, Emma Thompson goes with Kate to her uh, doctor's appointment. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. 
And the doctor is like, okay, Kate, you need to like, we find out that Kate has had a heart transplant. Um, And that was like part of the traumatic thing that happened to her that ever since she's kind of been all over the place. Um, And her, the doctor's talking to Kate, like, okay, you need to do this. She's like, also, but Mrs. So-and-so, you need to calm down. I've given you, I prescribed you everything, every anti-anxiety thing in the world. You need to like go out, join a club, spend time with your friends. And Emma Thompson looks at the doctor and goes, all of my friends were murdered. And I screamed. It was so funny. I, God, it's so good. Um, Hashtag, but, I can relate because that's I mean, my family. I but mean, like, um, but yeah, but I that's thought this, the whole, it was interesting too because like I thought it was a very realistic portrayal of Mm-hmm. families that escaped the former Soviet Union and the Eastern Bloc in all of yeah. those smaller countries like mm-hmm. Croatia, former Yugoslavia, Bosnia, Herzegovina, yeah. um, Czech Republic, all those places. And it's yeah. like these people, and I think there's a big, pre- like just to get on my soapbox for a second, there's huge prejudice against immigrants to any country. And the, that's a theme that kind of comes up in this film too. Very much. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, they're not... I just want to, like, for the record, mm-hmm. if English isn't someone's first language, it doesn't mean that they're stupid. It means that they just don't speak your language. <coughs> and first of all, paying to receive a redundant education is ridiculous. But mm-hmm. if you're going to be a lawyer and be licensed for that in another country, it's kind of something you have to do. Same with a lot of with a lot of countries with being doctors as well. Or at least doctors coming into the U.S. from other countries. And, you know, these are human beings who have been through trauma who deserve respect and understanding. And just because Mm -hmm. someone doesn't speak English doesn't make them lesser than you. Correct. Well said, Melanie. Thank Uh, you. You had me at hell no echoes that statement. Um, Yeah, honestly, like, because and I thought it was really sad because it was just kind of a passing comment where she was like, yeah, my dad was a lawyer. He couldn't afford to do his education, so now he just drives a cab and is never home and is really sad yeah. all the time. And I yeah. was like, that's and, that's so heartbreaking. Yeah, and part of it is that her sister is now a lawyer because, like, her dad couldn't be a lawyer, so the sister became a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And her sister is really successful. Yeah, she's gotten... Yeah, part of it is that they're celebrating a, a promotion. Exactly, yeah. And they're getting in a fight because the mom does say, like, kind of awful things where she'll be like... Oh, um, you know, she, uh, Martha worked so hard, but, you know, um, Kate was the smart one. And it's like, Martha's like, what the fuck? How the fuck am I supposed to feel with that? Um, and she called and then, it out, too, which yeah, I thought was she, Which is needed. great. Well, yeah, because um, she's just, but, the mom's just sitting there being like, oh, yeah, Katarina was always the bright one. And Martha's mm-hmm. like, and I'm fucking chopped liver over here. Hello. Yeah. And, and she calls We're celebrating my for- promotion. And now it's all about you again. And... They get in a kind of a fight, and Katerina's uh, like, and Kate's like, oh, where's Alba? Where's your girlfriend? Why isn't your girlfriend here? And the family's like, what What do you mean? Like, anyway, it's awful. She outs her sister. Yeah, and like, ultimately um, it works out because the family ends up loving Alba, but still, like, you are, like, thank it's, God. You're you here. don't get to make that choice for no, somebody. They don't. will and tell they will tell when they are ready to tell. Yes. And she does go to her sister. She apologizes to Alba and is like, I'm sorry, we never I'm sorry I ruined it so you and I could never have a good thing. 
uh, could meet on a different circumstances. And she goes to Marta and Marta straight up like, you can't just say sorry and then it's fine. But she does like accept what she did. And she acknowledges like, I know saying sorry doesn't fix it, but I do want to, you know, say it. Um, but that's what <clears throat> I think is so successful about this film because yeah. um, apologies, uh, successful apologies are more than words. It's words and action to show that you understand and that you're making amends. And, and that's what she does throughout mm-hmm. the movie. She mm-hmm. makes amends to her sister. She makes amends to all the other friends that she like uh, her w- w- was kind of selfish towards. And part of it is because um, it's after she's had some uh, talk with Tom. And this scene made me cry because it's after, I think, that dinner and she's walking around and, and she runs into Tom because she keeps never, not, she keeps like seeing him and not seeing him. And she's like, you can't just keep leaving me like this. Like, I, I am looking for you and then you're not there. And then I, it's like a whole thing. Um, and he takes her to his apartment and they have this really lovely talk where she admits to him, she kind of explains part of her thing of how. Oh, this was so sad. I, this scene made me cry where she um, talks about, she's like, my, I had a heart transplant last Christmas. And she's like, they took out my heart and they put another, they put something else back in, but I don't, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. I don't, I don't feel, everyone said that like my life, I was supposed to be so special. And everyone would talk about how I got my life back, but I don't feel like I have my life back. I don't feel, I don't feel special. I don't feel like I'm worthy of whatever I was given. And it's this heartbreaking thing that I know I've related to. And he has this really lovely talk with her about like, just being a person is really hard. And um, something I really, the th- that's something I love about this movie is that I think it's about um holding yourself accountable Mm -hmm. while also having compassion for yourself i agree Um, and those are not that's why i like this movie agreed and and one thing that happens too is because kate's basically telling tom like Mm -hmm. they took away the most important piece of me and they put something else in and it doesn't feel like me and i don't know Mm -hmm. how i'm supposed to reconcile that which I think is actually a really common thing that happens with organ transplantees yes. mm-hmm. because you literally have like there's there's a ton of risks with organ transplants. But mm-hmm. one of the highest risks is that your body will reject the organ. Yeah. Which is why it's so serious and why if you get somebody else's organs, it is a very serious, huge gift. Yeah. Um, and so we find out that Tom was hit by a bus while he was riding his bike and he was a donor and they knew yeah. he was going to die, so they took his heart and they gave it to uh, Kate, which is just... He's a ghost the whole time. He was a ghost the whole time. He's last been Christmas, dead for 40 years. He's been dead for 40 what years. Happened? That's why last Christmas I gave you my heart, and the very next day you gave it away. Ooh. This year, <laughs> to save it from tears, I'll give it to someone special. Oh, oh. oh thank you. That was beautiful, What's babe. Been Oh. Sorry, no, I, I, <laughs> I, I did issue a warning to Tiffer and Mel because I watched this with, I, I may have had some alcohol while I watched this movie because I knew I was gonna cry, and I sent a frankly almost threatening message to Tiffer and uh, Mel where <laughs> it I was, was like, a little weird, yeah, it was a little where weird. I was like, uh, 
Mommy's going to be singing in this episode, guys. <laughs> you also made a really funny um, um, message in our other group chat with Bella and Lucille. Shout out to Bella and Lucille. Where, like, where you were, I don't know if you remember saying this, you were like, in this chat, oh. <laughs> everyone but me is an actual singer, and I am the one that sings the most in this chat, and I thought Correct. it was so funny. <laughs> Someone in that chat has a literal record deal. Yeah. Two two people in that chat have albums out that you can purchase. Mm-hmm. And yet... <laughs> and Allie is like... Like pretty much every time she sends a voice message, <laughs> it's just her singing, and I don't hate it. I think it's funny. Anyway, <laughs> and I, for the record, am yeah. not one of the ones with with an album. Uh, that's not me. No, but you sing. Yeah. Like, didn't you? Didn't you sing in college and stuff? Yeah. Okay. But anyway, it's it's old Daddy Longlegs over here who's. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you Once calling yourself Daddy Longlegs? I keep my distance, but you still catch my eye. Tell me, baby, do you recognize me? Well, no, I don't. It's it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Happy Christmas! I wrapped it up. <laughs> <laughs> This song fucking slaps. It's my favorite Christmas song. Anyway, so yeah, Tom was. This Christmas movie has everything music, ghosts, organ transplants, organs. the horrors of escaping the Soviet Union and watching all of your friends die. Yes. Um, Racism, yes. Brexit. Yeah, also, that's part of it because the mom is watching Brexit stuff happen on, on the news and she's like, they're going to send us back. Is like having a meltdown, and it's part of it. Which is, is um, I mean, uh, it's a legi- it's a trauma response for sure. Yeah. And like, also, like at that point, I think they would have been citizens of the UK anyway. But still, they would have to face like xenophobia from absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And so, um, I think yeah. that's a legitimate fear. I think every immigrant probably has that fear when they hear parties on the news talking about how they don't deserve to be there. Which is like, yeah. okay, calm down. Um, yeah. so like, it's a totally rational fear, but the mom is basically, she's just such a high anxiety person that mm-hmm. she just can't let it go. Yeah. Which, and so yeah. like, and, as Kate starts to treat herself with more kindness, mm-hmm. she starts treating her mom with some more compassion too, mm-hmm. which I thought was very sweet. And then I there's agree. a moment when she's on the bus and there's this couple on the bus and they're speaking Serbian, I think, is the language to I each think other. So. I think yeah, so. I think it's Serbian. But they're, they're from the same place that um, she's from. Right. They're, they're, they speak the same language because yeah. they're, they receive some racism on the bus. Yeah, uh, some like, fucking twat of a man yeah. was like, Oi, go back to where you came from! Which is yeah. like, okay, um... Fuck off. And she comes up to them and she speaks to them in... She speaks to them. She's like, "You're welcome here." She literally says, "You're welcome here." How are you? And they talk to her, and they're like, "Oh, where were you from?" And she's like, "Former Yugoslavia." And they have they have like a nice moment. It's a nice thing as as she is able to truly care for herself. Um, she's also caring for other people. She starts working more with the homeless. Like part of it is that she's singing uh, outside the uh, homeless shelter, 
and is raising money and whatever she raises in the little cup she gives to the homeless children but she's also working there and working with the people and they organize a christmas concert with everybody there yeah you know what i thought was a nice moment about that was that when she was initially singing the Mm -hmm. um main guy the guy with the mustache who was in charge of the homeless shelter Mm-hmm. He, like, rolls his eyes at her because I think he thought that she was going to just take the money for herself Yeah, because she was performing there. And then the next scene is her, like, emptying the cup, being like, this is for you. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, but also, it's because he even says, like, I'm used to people from, like, just popping up when it's convenient for them because they want to feel good for them about themselves and then they just kind of peace out. Yeah. And she sticks around and actually, like, makes friends with the people and joins them and... um. It, the end of the movie is this really lovely concert where they sing Last Christmas, but it's everybody together at the shelter raising money and singing. And, and she has like a mm-hmm. cute kind of moment with the other, the like young man who works at the shelter. Um, He's a cutie. This, very cute. What I like about this movie, though, is it's not like she met a guy and that was great. The The movie is about a young woman. Like love, a love story is a major part of it. Her falling in love with Tom is kind of part of it, but it it is part of it. It is the movie. But the thing isn't like she started dating a guy and the guy fixed her. It's like, no, someone helped show her to herself. Yeah. And I think, and an then interesting... she was able to move on with her life. Yes. And I think mm. a key part of that too, because she and Tom, it's not quite a fight, but they get into a pretty serious conversation in which they have a disagreement because he basically calls her out on some of her bullshit. Yeah. Because he he essentially tells her, like, hey, like, you are so deeply ingrained in seeing yourself as a victim that you mm-hmm. just continue to victimize yourself and play that role mm-hmm. and you don't take accountability for yourself and, like, that's a big mm-hmm. problem for me. So they have a fight about it, and she was mentioning it to Santa, and then Santa goes, I like this guy. Yeah. Because she knows, these two women know each other really well, and I think they have a really wonderful bond. And it, I think it was nice, because after that conversation with Tom is really when um, Kate kicks herself into high gear. True, right. Because part of holding yourself accountable is also believe, weirdly, is, is having compassion for yourself. It's believing that you can be better. Because most of the movie, it's her not believing. She doesn't believe she's better than anything. She believes she's kind of a piece of shit. And her taking care of herself and holding herself accountable and making amends is her believing that she can be better and deserves to be better. And that the people around her can be deserve better. Um, yeah. I did also kind of love when Michelle Yeoh was like, I like this man. Because I'm like, I, part of me was like, he was your son in the other movie. That's true. Yeah. Um. Uh. The other movie that both of you were in um crazy rich asians that movie's good um i really i really like this movie it makes me laugh it makes me cry i recognize like maybe i recognize that maybe it's not like the but but i do it's on my like christmas rotation now it warms my heart the soundtrack i love to sing a lot there's so many great george michael songs in this Mm, in this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. heal the, the, the movie opens with a children's choir singing heal the pain which is like really good but also just gonna call bullshit on that in 1999 in former yugoslavia in a church they are not singing that let me tell you a secret <laughs> put it in your heart and keep it 
Something that I want you to know. I mean, it's just like in Romeo plus Juliet. A small choir of young boys is not going to sing Prince at a church. Okay, it's just not going to happen. But Melanie, that's also like my favorite part of the movie. I know, and I'm so sorry that I have to be the bearer of bad news. I love that you're telling me what happens in a church. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like I know. Like I fucking know. Fucking ma'am. Um. Let me tell you what Jesus Christ loves. Prince. An absolute banger. He oh. loves a banger. He loves a banger song by a, originally penned by a sex symbol. <laughs> and that would Jesus, apply in both cases. Jesus Christ said, guess what I want for my birthday? Nothing but absolute bangers. I want songs that slap. All right? Yeah. I was born... Write something nice for my birthday. Yeah, I would like non-straight performers to just fucking tear it up on my birthday. Prince was straight. He was just cool. Oh, really? I thought he was bi. No, he just was cool. He just wore... He was the... I heard it described as he would fuck bad bitches and then take their clothes. That's Prince. He'd be like, I like that blouse. And then he would wear it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. I take that but, back then. But he was he was cool. No, it's okay. But No, also, I, that's so strange because I always was right? under the impression that he was bi because David Bowie was bi. David Bowie was bi. I just, for some reason in my brain, David Bowie and Prince are in the same wheelhouse. So. They're both very sexy guitar people. Although, I don't think I would like to make love to either of those men. No. Um, no, I. That's not really my. I. I don't think I. Also, I don't think I'm what they're looking for. I see. They're I, they're pretty I, guys. Okay, I don't like pretty guys. I, I respect. Can, I respect the shit out of pretty guys. I don't want to date pretty guys. I'm actually very down with pretty guys. I'm wary of musicians. Mm. So that's. Although, actually, I. Even though, the, you know, the one I would make love to is the one who would absolutely not want to make love with me. And that's George, George Michael. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Somehow, that not come as a shock at all? Oh, I fucking I just love George Michael. Listen, so we've much. all been oh. in love with a gay man who's not in love with us back. OK, it's it's at this point, it's a rite of passage in the United States. Have you ever been have one time this barista and I were looking at each other and I think it was a it was a vibe where. I don't know how to explain it. Are you? We're, we're, we were both so queer that it became straight. <laughs> we were both just vibing. We were just eyeing each other. He handed me my latte and I was like, we couldn't stop looking at each other. I don't know. I never saw him again. Was oh. he a ghost? <laughs> Do I have his heart in my body? Who knows, man? Who no, knows? But look, look, was this movie? Okay. Sorry, Mel. Was this movie romantic? Yes, I think it was. I agree. This movie is very romantic. They have such... I I want to reiterate, like, this movie... These leads are so good. Mm-hmm. This would not have been as good, I think, without those two leads. No, and this was one of the first things Amelia Clark did, like, after Game of Thrones to kind of mm-hmm. distinguish herself. And honestly, I am really glad that she did because... It's not that getting pigeonholed into a role is necessarily bad because I think a lot of actors who play iconic roles are grateful for that experience. Yeah. But also at the same time, like, like I get very, I get Daniel Radcliffe vibes from her. 
You know, well, oh, yeah. like, people like are grateful. Be ca- calling her Khaleesi until the rest of her, till she, to the end of her days. Right. And we'll be calling yeah. Daniel Radcliffe Harry Potter until he's dead. For sure. Absolutely. I refuse. If I ever meet him, he's going to be Harry Potter. But I'm not going to do that to you, Daniel. I would. I won't. Sorry. But like, but, but Daniel Radcliffe, I think is a good example because he's gone on to do so much other stuff and he's done it successfully while still embracing the fact that he enjoyed doing Harry Potter. It gave him his career and Mm -hmm. that like, it's a really important part of his life as opposed to other actors who maybe like the impression that I get is that they maybe look upon that first role with some disdain as something they can't escape rather than something they should embrace as part of their career. Yeah. But it can, cause it could be hard. It's, it could be hard to feel like, Oh, does anyone actually want to see me? Right. Um, and yeah, I think Jaleel I white is a good example of that. Well, also here's that. Wouldn't you be pissed if every day of your goddamn life, people said Urkel. I'm sure I would. I'm sure I would. I'm sure. That's why I he did would. Stefan. Stefan Urkel. Who was like, wait, 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 hold on. I can be sexy. Stefan Urkel. <laughs> I Family Matters truly was originally about the actual family. It was about how family matters. And it was about the Winslow family and then occasionally their wacky neighbor steve would show up and then by the end of the show the whole fucking thing is about steve he has a magic like (laughs) because urkel's the best i love urkel jaleel white is incredible who would you rather hook up with steve or stefan steve that makes sense for you i don't i wouldn't (laughs) I would, uh, who's the older brother? Oh, I His best friend was Waldo. I don't remember. Was it Eddie? I don't remember. I like, I liked the older brother. Anyway, um. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, back to the point, I think both of us thought this movie was romantic. And I thought it was, it was, it was. I don't know. Bittersweet. Well, I don't think it was sexy. I don't think it was sexy. But it was like supposed to be. It was like bittersweetly romantic because like she has right like and it's something that when she finally figures out that Tom was the guy that gave her the heart and they spend all this time in this cute little garden Mm -hmm. and um, the second we found out Tom was a ghost, I was like, I bet you that bench is dedicated to him because it was ah yeah that's his bench Mm -hmm. and um. I think it's bittersweet because he says, like, we were always going to be drawn to each other and love each other because, like, I you have my heart. Yeah. He says, like, one way or another, it was going to be yours anyway. Right. Which Which, is, like, really sweet because that means if they had met, they would have fallen in love, which is just so sad. Oh, yeah. When I tell you this movie makes me cry. Oh, I cried. I cry. Multiple times. I cry at the beginning when the child is singing Heal the Pain. I cry when they're in his apartment and he's talking. He's like, she's delivering the thing about how she feels about her heart being taken away. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to her about how it's really hard to be a person. Um, And then I get, I cry when they, he's like, my heart would have been yours anyway. Ugh. And then I cry at the end. This is when I this is when I'm fucking wrecked. At the end when she is giving kind of a speech at the at the event that she arranged, the like mm-hmm. singing Christmas pageant thing, she says, We're so we're so lucky to be alive. 
and we're so lucky to be able to help each other. Ooh, that was powerful. Oh, I cry so hard. Um, I yeah. didn't cry. I didn't cry during this movie. Ha ha ha. Oh, that's okay. Um, what? Well, that's a ha 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 to me. Like, ha ha, you'll never get me, movie. Um, <laughs> but I mean, this movie. I this movie made me kind of sad because, like, like real romance movies where you see people yeah. who like truly have this like beautiful love. Mm-hmm. I like I watch it and it's just like, hey, idiot! You remember what you used to have? You dumb, stupid idiot! <laughs> and I know that's just my own intrusive thoughts, but I was watching mm-hmm. this movie and as soon as I felt that feeling, I was like, "Fuck you, movie! With your know. stupid, beautiful love that I enjoy watching! Maddie, How you dare get, you? You could get a heart transplant too. I mean, hey, you never and know. And you could kiss. You could make out with a handsome ghost. Listen. I would love to wait, wait, that reminds me of that news article of that woman who married what? that ghost of that pirate. And, and, then, and then, I, then she was like, I want to have a baby. But then I uh, didn't they get divorced? <gasps> they did get divorced. Uh-huh. She couldn't even make it work with the freaking ghost pirate. <laughs> His heart belonged to the sea. In an old Davy Jones locker. Um, um God, but yeah, no, I couldn't this even movie, make it work with a ghost. I, I mean, <sighs> funny. I oh, <sighs> Allie, did you notice that in the garden there was this mural behind the bench, and it was of okay. This is gonna be like a very deep early two mm-hmm. thousands internet reference, so stick with me here. Mm-hmm. Explosum Comics. Yes. yes, that I was did. yeah, and I was. I like, couldn't place what it was, but I'm like, this is like early internet. Business the number the of, of screenshots of those comics that I have on my hard drive from circa like 2006, mm-hmm. it's a lot. It's a lot. I used to I read them every day. I love that. I love that. <laughs> oh, I do want to say, look, is it evident when Amelia Clark is wearing a wig? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't really care for her Betty Draper hair at the end. Also, there were like four different endings to this movie, like Return of the Goddamn King. Okay. And like, that's my Although that's the only thing like- I don't like about Return of the King is that there are like six different endings. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand why, but like, I felt like this movie had a similar vibe where like it could have just ended after the show, but then it didn't. What happens after the show? It didn't end right oh. after the show. It kind of does because it's they're dancing. It, the show is the end of the movie. Is it? Yeah. But oh. she's just yeah. Well, there is the part where she's sitting on the bench by herself. That's before. And she's wearing, Oh wait, like, no, a- that you're right. That there is a small bit towards the end where she's sitting on the bench, but it's springtime now. And it's seeing you're seeing like, oh, her life has moved forward. Yeah, with and her wig. She's happy with her wig. That was the bit where I was like, oh, wig. Yeah. Uh wig. But there are other parts earlier in the movie where I was like, mm-hmm. um, I really, I love this movie though. I it makes me cry. I thought um, it was good. I thought it was good. It's cute. It is. I recognize it's not like the best movie. But it's it has everything a Christmas movie needs. Someone learning to care for themselves and therefore care for others. Or rather, vice versa, like learning to have compassion for others is to be able to have compassion for yourself. Um, someone learning that. Ghosts. Um, a wreath. 
elves. Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson. Yeah. Uh. Santa. Santa. Michelle Yeoh. Homeless when, people. Yes, caring for those. Yeah, just honestly, yeah. You know what else? Though? What? What? That Henry Golding is such a dreamboat. And I'm still mad about the gentleman because he deserved better. Mm. The gentleman is a just straight up racist movie. I never saw it. Don't. Guy Ritchie really said, I made Man from Uncle and then I'm not going to make any good movies anymore. Which is a shame because Man from Uncle was really good. Man from Uncle was really good despite, you know cannibal actual cannibal army hammer we didn't know we didn't know at the time honestly Um, that's so upsetting and like i really i really wish that they had made a sequel because i would have watched a sequel to the man from uncle i would have too what what do you think the sequel would be called the man from ant i hate you (laughs) (sighs) law school hasn't Um, killed every brain cell yet and when I say I, I think you're great, I just want to say I think you're great. Thank you for watching this Christmas movie during Hanukkah. I'm sorry I did that to you. You didn't do anything to me, but I appreciate the acknowledgement that it is Hanukkah. But honestly, Ali, it's fine. Like, Christmas movies are not bad. It's just like sometimes there's a deluge of them. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, it can be kind of a lot. But like, yeah. this, was a, this was a nice movie. I enjoyed right? it's it. It's a great movie. I love this movie. It makes me cry. Listen to George Michael and care about yourself. Michelle Yeoh, like, Michelle Yeoh. Can we just talk about Michelle Yeoh for, like, another second? Yes, absolutely. I just, she's so, she's a guy. I know we all know this and we've known this for the past, what, 25, 30 years she's been in movies. She's a goddamn star. That woman shows she's up on a goddess. screen. She's a yeah. Like she shows up on screen and you're like, well, this part's going to be great. I trust this. You know what I would love to see? I would love to see a film that stars Michelle Yeoh and Emma Thompson opposite one another. Yes. Yes. That's I all. I would also like Yeah, that. that's all. Um, I love Emma Thompson. She's sure. never done anything wrong in her whole life ever. I have done nothing wrong ever. In my life. I know this. Money, please. Money, please. My money. Um, <laughs> I love I love that show so much. But okay, so. We'd recommend this movie, I'd think. Yes, but we have to play Fuck, Mary Kill because we, oh, are there, we forgot oh, to we, play it last time. We did. What did we, what, what did we even watch? What did we, we watch? watch Love Hard. We watched Love Hard. We watched Love Hard last Yeah, week. and we didn't. We didn't. We didn't wait, care did about we? that movie. Did we do Fuck Mary Kill? No. Yeah, that movie was not good. Um, that but movie we sh- not good. The this thing movie is, is so I want. I want to do a Fuck Mary Kill. I'm trying to think of who we should should do. There aren't a lot of people in this film. <sighs> okay, well then let's. Okay, let's do this. We'll do Michelle Yeoh. Oh no! I'd Amelia kill Clark. I hurt her. I would kill myself. Henry Golding. <gasps> I would kill myself. Bringing harm to any of those people. <laughs> I would fall on my sword. I would say for you, and then I would just boom, and write my heart. Um. Anyone, if any one of those people held my hand, I'd be like, "This is a nice moment we're sharing." Thank you. 
Yeah. Different vibes, though. If Michelle Yo held my hand, I'd be like, why does she think I need this? She's doing this to be nice. What does she know that I don't know? Yeah. Am I about to die? And she's giving me some compassion before I die. Mm. If Amelia Clark held my hand, I'd just be like, she's fun. She's nice. Me and this tiny little lady are going to have a good time. We're going to hang out. Um, talk about our eyebrows. Um, if Henry Golding held my hand, I'd be like, what's why is it doing why is he what similar vibe to the michelle yo thing and like am i about to die what does he know but different because with <laughs> michelle yo i'm like oh it i might be about to die and she might kill me yeah you know? yeah I, I i deserve it she knows something <laughs> she knows something um where henry golding it's like what is what is he th- is there something he thinks about me where it's like oh she needs this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i see We're that a lot about my psyche how about okay. you for me yeah okay this is <sighs> the really? answer for me is i would hold hands <clears throat> with all of them yeah for me so this is a true choice of evils um okay i would kill michelle yo but it would be a really intense fight to the death and i would only win just bit just barely. Got it. Just like, yeah. barely. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary? She would waste you, dude. I'm she sorry. Absolutely, she absolutely, absolutely would. She would waste absolutely. you. I'm so sorry. I would only win. I love on you a... so dearly, but yeah. Oh, no, I would, anyway. like, I would only win on a technicality. Yeah. Some, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would fuck Amelia Clark and I would marry Henry Golding. Yes. Yes. I think if if you're not going to marry Henry Golding, you don't have the right priorities. I don't know what you're I don't know what you think you need to be doing with your life, but you're wrong. If that man if that man is proposes to you, you say you say yes. yes. It doesn't matter who you are. If Henry Golding asks you to marry him, you emphatically like, say yes. You're that like, is, guess what? That is the I, law. Dear family, I'm getting married to Henry Golding. And they're like, we have never met this man. And you're like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And because my aunt's he's gonna most, be like, we know. Because it. he's the most charming man on earth. He's like an old school movie star. He's yeah. like he's like borderline, he's like Cary Grant in <clears throat> the way he's so dashing. I keep saying dashing, but that oh my god, dash Dashing through the snow. Oh my god. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. I know, I oh wait, isn't one of isn't one of um the um uh uh the reindeer named Dasher? Yes. Nailed oh it. God. You nailed it. Thank you. Is it what if I was like is <laughs> No, I'm not gonna make the joke. Gonna... <laughs> you can. You can name I'm like trying to name all the candles. It's like they don't have names. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. That's funny. Thanks. Um, God. Anyway, we recommend this movie. This movie's cute. Listen to some George Michael. Yeah, feel they good about play- yourself. Be kind and compassionate towards others. Yes. Yeah. And also, the holiday season is a time where that attitude really gets pushed. But like, you are allowed to be kind to strangers when it's not Christmas. Right. Correct. Also, you're allowed to be kind to yourself. All the time. Yeah, all all the time. time. Yeah. And that honestly, like, being kind to yourself is one of the hardest things to do. And it's not it's not the type of thing where you're like, oh, now I'm only kind to myself. It's like a daily practice. And you're not 
you're not always nice to yourself. And part of being kind to yourself is recognizing when you're not being nice to yourself and like being compassionate. Yeah. Like it's a daily practice. It really is. Like it's, it's very, and I say this as someone who has to constantly relearn this, but like you can't get rid of shame by give by being more ashamed yeah it it just makes it worse you can't you can't get rid of like being mad at yourself by continuing to be mad at yourself yeah um yeah um it's like i said earlier like to be to truly hold yourself accountable it's also part of it is to be compassionate and to realize that you can be better and And also to to like yeah and to understand that like it doesn't it doesn't ruin you or make you unworthy or make you a bad person if you have messed up or maybe you haven't been the best to yourself yeah. or others. Really, the accountability yeah. and taking action to demonstrate that accountability is really what's key. So, like, yeah. that's why this movie is so wonderful because it really shows that done very well, in my opinion. And so, I agree. This movie is like a Christmas carol, but what if instead of multiple ghosts, it was just one? Very handsome ghost. And Ebenezer Scrooge was actually, like, one of the most beautiful women to ever have lived. Just truly, like, a a striking, petite beauty. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. 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 Something I think is cool, because she has tattoos in this movie, but one of them on her wrist is her actual tattoo, which is the three dragons that she got after Game of Thrones ended. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like like that. Like, at one point, she's opening a door, and I'm like, oh, there it is. Um, Anyway, we've been talking for a minute. But, yeah, this is... An hour. (laughs) This is a really a lovely movie. Go watch it. Yeah. It's on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. Um, anyway, yeah, it's this movie is delightful. Yeah, um, and if you and, need a good Christmas movie, a good Christmas movie that will be charming and make you cry, and I, this is also one I feel like you can watch with your family. Yeah, this is a family yeah. friendly Christmas movie. Yeah, um, it's friendly. It's it's more family friendly than Love Actually. Yeah, Love Actually. Oh, We've We're come really, full circle uh, because Emma Thompson's also in Love Actually, and that oh, movie this, blows chunks. And this that movie, movie doesn't blow sad. chunks. That movie is just a bummer. That movie is just a fucking bummer. Yeah, we've talked about it before. Go, oh, oh, go listen to our about, episode on Love Actually because yes, it's exactly. very funny. Also, a dear friend of mine, one of my best friends, shout out to Alice. Um, hey, Alice, who listens to the pod. We both have lavender Crocs. Whoop. Um pointed out the reason do you know why that movie was called love hard it's because his favorite christmas movie is love actually and her favorite movie is die hard and you put them together and it's love hard i don't like that at all i don't like it either so don't watch that movie watch last christmas it's better than the alternative which is die actually (laughs) (laughs) which is what we wanted to do after watching (laughs) that movie yeah for real but you know, um, we didn't want to die after this movie. Anyway, how do you I guys wanted feel to about George Michael? I yeah. wanted to live. Um, how do, so, tell how do you us. feel about uh, Christmas? Uh, George Michael, um, Emma Thompson, uh, Henry Golding, and how handsome uh, he is. So handsome. Um, would you let Michelle Yeoh be your boss? Would you I, Would you duel Michelle Yeoh to the death and let her kill you? The answer is yes. I, I love that. Also, we're saying let in quotes because, like, you're not letting her do anything. She's if if she's going to she wants to kill you, she's going to kill you. Yeah. If she wants to kill you, you're already dead. 
You die. Um, you're dead. And you've your family's gonna for, be like, you've been dead for twenty years. It'll be like that. It's like that scene in John Wick where the <laughs> yeah. the dad just slaps his son. He's like, we should watch. I should watch John Wick again. I haven't watched it in a It's a good one. But anyway, if if you have feelings about any of this, please let us know because we love interacting with you. Um, our Instagram and Twitter handle is at hellnocast. You can check out our website, which is hellnocast.com. And you can contact us there or you can email us at hellnocast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. It really warms my icy little heart. Um, Allie has uh, not an icy little heart, but it warms her heart, too. I don't think you have an icy heart. I think it's I think. You know what I think Stop. it is? Stop. Don't blow my moat. There's a moat. Don't blow my cover. I'm saying there's a moat around your heart. How about that? Fair. Okay. It's barricaded. With alligators in the moat. Snap, and snap. pigs and and carnivorous pigs, um, because pigs, though, but for real though, when you want to get rid of a body, they feed it to pigs because pigs pigs eat, eat anything. They're omnivores. They're they true omnivores. So when you murder people, you give the bodies to pigs. Yep. Um, I That's, learned that on Deadwood. Anyway, oh, I um, learned that from watching Hannibal. <laughs> they also mention it in a Guy Ritchie movie. Anyway, hit us up. Uh, as Mel was saying, yeah, on- we post new episodes every Friday on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. And if you like what you heard, go ahead and leave us a five-star review and a text review on Apple Podcasts because it really helps us out and it helps us get the pod out there. And we really appreciate it. Um, this has been You Had Me at Hell Now. I have been Allie. And I have been Mel. Love you. Bye. Bye. You Had Me at Hell Note was recorded remotely in front of our pets Roscoe and Benny. Allie and I want to thank Tiffer Hill for editing our podcast, putting up with all our shenanigans, and making us sound amazing. We would also like to thank Bella Vanek and Lucille Petty for writing our theme song. Thanks, Bella and Lucille.